This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, one of the biggest impacts that we have on the environment is the production of our food. And reducing food waste and replacing meat and dairy with plant-based foods are both things that we can all do to reduce that impact. But it's often hard to know where to start. Well, local foodie and author Becky Alexander thinks we should be starting by rethinking our lunches. In her new book, The Green Lunchbox, she has tempting plant-based recipes and tips for ensuring that the food that we buy gets eaten, not wasted. I spoke to Becky and I started by asking her why she thinks that lunches are so important, particularly now. Well, so many of us are sat at home at the moment. I think it's it's really nice to have something delicious to break up the day. I love eating lunch. And I think if you just have the same old thing all the time, it's a bit boring. You know, if you're a bit of a something on toast person, it's nice to mix it up. The reason I'm, I think lunches work for people if they're trying to perhaps maybe eat less meat is you can sort of suit yourself at lunchtime. You can make what you want to eat. You could try something new. Whereas maybe sometimes dinner time feels a bit more tricky. Maybe you've got teenagers or whatever. But lunch is something you can just make for one or two people. Do you know, I'd not thought about that. You're right. Lunch is quite a personal thing, isn't it? Often solitary, something like you say, we can please ourselves. So you think we've got a few problems with our lunch times. What do you think are the problems with our lunch times? I mean, let's start with the, the problems for the planet. Well, one of the inspirations behind this book was, I mean, I used to commute into London. I'm sure many of your listeners um, you know, have done that. And I used to go and buy lunch um, from various sandwich shops or supermarkets. Um, and there's a lot of packaging. And as we know, a lot of that stuff doesn't really get recycled. It can go just in an office bin somewhere or in a bin on the street somewhere. Or even if it does make itself to a recycling plant, where does it go? We know, don't we, that sometimes that ends up in another country or in the ocean. So I think if we can just go a little bit retro and maybe make our own cut down on that packaging, I think that's something we should do. People work through the night in ice cold factories making sandwiches because we don't want to make our own. I think that that is quite bonkers how we've got to that point that that's normal. Crikey, do you know, I'd not even thought of that either. That's a, a great point, isn't it? And how about as far as we go, the importance of, of lunches? Well, I think we have a busy, you know, if you've got a busy afternoon ahead, you actually do need to look after yourself and eat a, eat a nice lunch. If you're trying to just skip lunch or just have sort of something very quick, then you're not really giving yourself the sort of nourishment that you might need. And actually, that's almost your most important meal of the day. So if you can manage to get sort of some lovely vegetables and pulses and grains or whatever into your lunch, you're probably going to feel pretty good for it. Um, maybe not need to, you know, have your biscuits or whatever later. I'm not anti-biscuits, by the way, I love biscuits. But I'm just saying, you know, if you're starving, it might be that you, you probably do want a, a decent lunch. 
Yes, that's a good point. And actually, there's quite a lot of us sort of, you know, looking perhaps to just improve our diet a little bit in the new year. And I think you're right. This a good lunch can be a, a good place to start with that. Now, you named some delicious sounding ingredients there and some of us haven't eaten yet. So can you just give us a taste of one of the delicious recipes that you've got in this book? Well, I've tried to include a range of things. There's about 60 recipes in the book, and some of them are really, really quick, really simple, just a sandwich or whatever. For example, I've done a sort of, it's called tuna, but it's actually not fishy tuna. It's made with chickpeas, and that's a really simple sort of alternative to hummus that you can make. And it's got a really nice sort of briny, lemony taste to it, and that's really nice in sandwiches. I also have lots of soups and salads. So one of the soups at the moment is quite seasonal, which is actually butternut squash soup with blood orange in it. That sounds a bit sort of out there, but it's actually incredibly simple. It's only got a few ingredients. And just that squeeze and zest of blood orange adds adds a sort of a warmth and a really sort of nice citrusy flavour. So I was trying to give people really simple recipes but just with something they might not have thought about, they can just grab from the fruit bowl or from the cupboard. The other one I was thinking, which I think sounds appealing to people, is a spicy black bean soup. And it's got a tiny bit of dark chocolate in it. It's like full of black beans. So it's full of that sort of lovely plant protein. It's quite Mexican inspired. And then it's got a tiny bit of dark chocolate. So if you've got some of that knocking about after Christmas, it just adds a really nice sort of creaminess to something a little bit different. You're certainly tickling my taste buds here. I can imagine some people go, this is all very well, but I just don't have time. You know, can we really fit in all these lovely gastronomic things into a busy lunchtime schedule? I totally get that. I think some people love to cook and will want to make something. So something like a soup, if you make it at the weekend, then you've got three or four portions and then you can freeze some or just leave some in the fridge for a few days. There are definitely ideas for things you can just pull out. So I've got a little sort of section in the book called Fridge Forage, which is when you sort of, you know, pull together what you might have, or you get into the habit of maybe buying a few things that last a bit longer. So I'm a, this sounds crazy, but I'm a massive fan of a radish. (laughs) So something like a radish or rocket will last five or six days. So you can use those for your Thursday or Friday lunches if you weekend shop and it's not going to go horrible looking. So you're not going to have your food waste. Other things like red peppers, they last for ages. So if you get one or two of those a week, they're probably going to be fine to chop into a salad or put in a sandwich. So it's full of tips for really quick things you can pull together. Okay, well, that sounds really good. And I like the way that you've got an eye to to food waste as well, to thinking how we can use up those little bits or, as you say, buy ingredients that will last into the end of the week so that we're not throwing things away after a couple of days. So how about cost-wise as well? A lot of us really feeling the pinch at the moment. And you can get some pretty good meal deals. Can your recipes save us a bit of money? Yes, I like to think they can. If you think about the cost of, for example, plant proteins, so chickpeas, lentils, black beans, butter beans, cannellini beans, you know, a tin of those, you know, they're between 50p and a pound, perhaps, which is a lot cheaper than if you're buying a, a packet of prawns or a packet of chicken pieces, or even cheese. So if people are thinking, right, I need to save some money, cooked tins or pulses are very affordable and of course they can just sit in the cupboard until you need them so if you see a special offer great that you're, you're ready to go and something like a cooked chickpea or a black bean or a butter bean you can just put it into a salad as it is you know it's it's ready 
or you could mash it onto a nice crusty piece of bread or put it in a wrap. So veggie, a veggie or a vegan lunch is is probably going to be a lot cheaper than a, a meaty or a fishy lunch. Indeed, and it sounds really very tasty as well. Now, all the recipes in your book, they're, they're all plant-based. But for those people who aren't veganuary stalwarts, do you think they'll find something there to till their taste buds as well? I've spoken to quite a lot of people about that in the last couple of years. And certainly that's true of my friends and family and neighbours. They, they do still want to eat meat sometimes and fish sometimes. But lunch is an easy way for them to sort of mix it up a little bit. And I think we all know we're meant to be eating less meat. And certainly we're meant to be eating a lot less processed and badly raised meat. So I think people want easy solutions So if they can think, oh, okay, right, I didn't quite know what to do with that can of butter beans, but maybe I do, then hopefully that's going to give them something they haven't tried before on a Tuesday lunchtime. We get through 365 lunches a year. It's quite boring if we have the same five things on rotation. So I hope people just fancy something new. That's a really good point. And it sounds like a lot of the recipes that you've mentioned are a step up from the ham sandwich, which I believe is the most popular lunchtime fare as well. Now, something that people often ask about vegan food is how about the protein? Are we getting all the protein that we need? The recipes in your book, have you had an eye to that sort of thing? I have. You know me, Amanda. We we sort of enjoy our sport and going running. and I And I know protein's incredibly important every recipe in the book includes protein so whether it's nuts sprinkled on something or it's made with a pulse or a grain there is lots of protein in every recipe and I think you need it because I should just feel hungry I am not a sort of a qualified nutritionist but I have worked with nutritionists over the years one of the things that used to drive me mad, I'd go into like a, you know, a London coffee shop or whatever, and they would sell a tomato and basil soup. And that's lovely, but it's just tomatoes and a bit of herbs and water. You're going to be absolutely starving if that was your lunch. There's no protein in it. So, for example, my tomato soup has butter beans in it, which gives it a lovely creamy, rich flavour and texture. So these are recipes that are nutritionally great for us. And it sounds like they're going to fill us up. They're not going to leave us hungry into the middle of the afternoon as well. So where can we find the book locally? Well, St. Torben's listeners can find it in Books on the Hill. In fact, they need to restock because I I heard they sold out yesterday. And Waterstones will be selling it as well. And you can buy it online if you're an online shopper at Hive and uh, Blackwells and Waterstones as well. Becky, thank you so much for telling us about that. Thanks, Amanda. The Green Lunchbox is out now and, as Becky says, available at local bookshops. And as well as being packed with delicious recipes, it's also beautifully illustrated and would even make a lovely gift. Now, Becky is right to help us with tips to reduce our food waste. Here in Hertfordshire, the amount of food we waste has rocketed during the pandemic and Hearts County Council is looking for our help with some solutions by asking us to fill out a questionnaire. I spoke to Councillor Eric Buckmaster, Executive Member for the Environment with Hearts County Council. And I started by asking him exactly how much food we are wasting in Hertfordshire. Oh, well, OK, thanks. Uh, to give a bit of background, we did a, a survey in 2020 that looked at the sorts of things that Hertfordshire residents were putting in their bins. And the investigations showed that around a quarter it was just under a quarter, 24% of the waste in our bins 
was avoidable food waste. So this is food and drink that could have been consumed but has ended up in the bin. And in a year, that adds up to over 52,000 tonnes of food waste in the county. What's more, around three quarters of this food was still in its packaging. Oh dear, that really is a bit of a fail, isn't it? And when you say in the bin, you mean in our landfill bin here? It's um, Yes, it's the residual waste. So after the, um, the dry recycling, the compost waste and all those other things have gone off to their destinations, it's what people are still putting in there, usually the black bin that then would end up in uh, being disposed of as residual waste and it could well go into landfill. Okay, so... Why is this a particular problem? Obviously, there's quite a lot of it there, but why does food waste matter in particular? Well, I think it's uh, around how it affects the overall um, greenhouse gas emissions. Globally, it's around 10% of greenhouse gas emissions from food waste. So that would include the energy required to produce the food in the first place, the transportation, and then the food as it breaks down. So um, as part of our sustainable Hertfordshire strategy, we're committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So this looks like a big part of that for us. The other thing is that if you take into account recent inflation, cost of living is going up. If we can encourage people to have better food management habits, then they'll save quite a bit of money. The estimate is around £720 a year that people could save. That's the average family if they could cut out the avoidable food waste. So around 70% of the food waste in the UK comes from people's homes. And it's uh, in total, it's around four and a half million tonnes of food every year in the UK. Wow, these are big numbers. And I've struggled to think of anybody who couldn't do with the extra 720 quid from cutting down on that food waste. Yeah, absolutely. So here in St. Albans, we have our food waste caddies. Is food waste still a problem if the food goes into the food waste caddy? Yeah, I I think it still is a problem because the food that goes into the caddies tends to be food preparation waste. So the skins, uh, outer leaves, anything that comes off our plates. So where edible food can no longer be safely eaten, then obviously it's preferable to put in a kitchen caddy or in the garden compost. Um, But that doesn't change the environmental impact because actually the food is a waste in the sense that emissions were created in making the food in the first place that wasn't needed and has been wasted. So it's just um, energy that needn't have been consumed. Yes, indeed. So what is Hertfordshire County Council hoping to achieve with the food waste survey that you have um, live at the moment? So what we're trying to understand is why our residents might be throwing food away. So once we have the data from the survey, we'll have waste management and behaviour change teams at the county who'll be looking at it to see what they can do to tackle some of the most common causes of food waste. Um, So the people who answer the survey, the more reliable our data is. And then we feel that we'll have um, all the means to encourage them to deal with things in a different way. Indeed. And if people were to take a couple of steps to reduce their food waste, what would you ask them to do? Well, the main thing is to implement better management habits of their food. So have a better understanding of what you're buying, what's already in the kitchen, when it needs to be eaten by, maybe planning meals 
at the start of the week so that you know what you have available and whether or not you need to go shopping. I can give you two examples personally that just within the last few days, one of my daughters made a banana cake out of some bananas that were past their ripeness in terms of eating them as they were. And my wife made some bread pudding out of some stale bread. And they're all very enjoyable. So there are different things that you can do. It's a, it's about keeping on top of, of what you have in the fridge. And if it isn't available for you to eat in its uh, prime purpose, then see if you can create something else out of it. And are you hopeful that as people get back into the office, that perhaps the amount of food that they waste at home might reduce? It might well do. That's something we need to to see. But um, I think it's important for us to keep our eye on this. All of us, we all have a part to play and, and just ensure that what we're buying doesn't end up in the waste bin or in landfill. My thanks there to Councillor Eric Buckmaster. You can find the Hearts County Council Waste Food Survey on the Hearts County Council website. Take the Recycling and Waste link from the homepage and you'll find the survey at the bottom of the page under the Help Us Fight Back Against Avoidable Food Waste heading. I'll also put the link into the notes that go with the podcast of this show on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Now you've got until Friday the 4th of February to complete the survey and as a reward for your efforts, you'll have the chance to win £250 worth of vouchers. I'll see you at the same time next week, but until then, thanks for listening.